I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver and it's only round seven Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven Now forget what he said and listen to me What you really wanna do is stack those RBs You can be Linda, just let me be frank Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank One says it's awful, the other says it's great It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in Episode 24 Coming at you post Super Bowl dynasty debates. As always, I am your humble host, Evan Brown, the humblest host in the biz. You can catch me on Twitter at FF Evan Lucian. So, like Revolution, but with my name at the start. So, it's an Evan Lucian. Uh, you can follow the show at Dynasty Debates. You can drop me an email, dynastydebates at gmail.com. If you have any questions, comments, speaking of questions or comments, If you don't mind and you have a spare 45 seconds in your very busy, super amazing Valentine's Day filled lives, if you could drop a rating and review on your favorite podcast listening platform, be it Spotify, be it Apple Podcasts, be it Google Play, whatever it is, I would greatly appreciate it. It helps the show. It helps me. And hey, we like helping each other. Am I right? Without further ado, guys, we have an amazing show lined up today. As always, I have a fantastic guest, someone I'm super excited to introduce, Dennis Bennett at culture underscore coach on Twitter. He is the managing editor at Dynasty Nerds, co-host of the FF Roundtable podcast on the Pigskin Podcast Network, and most importantly, he is a friend and ally and someone who has not murdered me even though he has had to unfortunately edit multiple attempts at articles. Dennis, thanks for coming on and how the heck are you today? I'm outstanding, man. I got to watch an outstanding Super Bowl I know some people are getting nitpicky about uh, penalties and non-penalties here and there, but I think, you know, it kind of goes both way, uh, both ways with, with the teams. And, you know, the, yeah, that was a pretty bad uh, missed call on Higgins touchdown, but it was a good game. I enjoyed it. Uh, I was pulling for the Bengals. I picked the Rams on the fantasy football roundtable on Friday. I picked the Rams preseason to be in the Super Bowl. I just had them losing to the Browns, and since they were the team that uh, made it of my picks, I was the Rams were my pick. Excellent. Yeah, it was a really interesting game. I really enjoyed it. I mean, honestly, it was one of those games I, I said last week where. I didn't really care who won necessarily because I could find reasons to be happy for either team. I was personally really happy for Aaron Donald and Stafford, you know, to get a ring um, just because, you know, they. I just feel like they both deserve it. They've both been amazing players, amazing ambassadors for the sport, really just class acts. Um, I'm not as happy that Ramsey got a ring, but it is what it is. Um, you know, and obviously if the Bengals had won, I'd been happy for Joe Burrow. It's a great story. Um, I really love Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. So, yeah, it was a great game. There's lots of ups and downs. You know, there's a lot of defensive kind of play, a lot of intriguing sort of storylines there. Um, you know, know Jalen Ramsey I don't know if he needs a new nickname maybe like pop tarts or something because he was he was toasted multiple times it was an interesting game for sure obviously hopefully the Bengals get a better offensive line but today guys we are going to be talking our top dynasty cells so we've just picked out a couple players that we think you could look at possibly moving off your roster and we think now might be a good time to do it because their value could be further impacted with the upcoming draft or just in the offseason or other external factors and we are continuing our deep dive series with the detroit lions so without further ado we are going to move into the first segment spilling 
the tea. Just a couple of quick news points to hit. Um, the main ones being Aaron Rodgers wins MVP. So I don't know what you think about that, Dennis. I sort of I understand it. I would have loved to have seen Tom Brady win it personally, just with him being retiring this year. And I do feel like you know probably over the course of the season what tom brady accomplished was even more impressive um personally speaking but i can i can understand him um winning it and the other two notes here just quickly i'll get your take on alvin kamara was arrested in vegas during pro bowl week for accosting an individual in a nightclub apparently um so that looks to be a little bit of legal trouble that he's got himself into there. And lastly, Mike McDaniel was officially um, announced as the Dolphins head coach after the 49ers exit from the playoffs. So anything interesting there you want to point out or, or pull out a uh, talking point before we move on, Dennis? I don't know how – if I'm if you're talking – like what defines most valuable? Like if you take Brady off the Buccaneers and Rodgers off the uh, – uh, Packers, which team has the better year? You know, I feel like the Buccaneers would have had the better year. They have the better overall team, I think. Uh, and, and so to me, that makes, that makes Rogers more valuable. You know, it's like, I, I get both players had really good seasons. Brady probably statistically was a little bit better, but most it's most valuable. Not, you know, who had the best statistical season. It's like, for me, when they talk about Hall of Fame, I the first question I ask when uh, somebody you ask me if you'll ask me like is so and so a Hall of Famer, my my go to first question is, at any point in their career were they considered the best at their position? If the answer is no, then immediately they're not in my book. They're not Hall of Fame worthy. They may be really really good, but to me the Hall of Fame means at some point you were the best at your position. Uh, that's why I like. The snubs for me, like at one point, Willie Anderson was considered like the best offensive tackle in the game. And for him to not get in, uh, you know, was was kind of a shame. Uh, so, you know, you just kind of it's it's a quarterback kind of driven league and, and you get it. Uh, you kind of get that whole thing. You know, Kamara, it's too bad. You know, what, what are you going to do? You go. You've got the money. Have get get yourself somebody to do the punching for you. Uh, I mean, come on, you, you go somewhere and, and I get it. You want to try to have a, a reasonable, reasonably normal life. You should be able to go out to a casino. Uh, you know, there are some areas where I, I, I think that people over overextend uh, if they see somebody out in public and, and it can be frustrating. But also you're a you're a high profile athlete. I, I didn't I haven't seen the tape. We'll see how it plays out. I feel like there's a suspension coming. Uh, it'll probably get settled out of court uh, and he'll end up with some sort of suspension. Two to six games is sort of what I figure. And I, I, I'm excited to see what happens with the Dolphins. I, I want to see does McDaniel, you know, it's it's been said that over the years, Shanahan, oftentimes would work on developing the passing plan and let McDaniel put together the, the running game plan. And, you know, they'd meet up on Wednesday and merge the two plans together from a surface level perspective. It looks like a really, really good hire. Now they don't have any stud running backs and often, you know, the Shanahan plan didn't have, 
you know, spend a lot of draft capital on running back. So it'll be interesting to see, does he decide to, you know, stick with Duke Johnson and Salvan Ahmed and Miles Gaskin, you know, do they go out and spend a draft pick on uh, a running back to, to get it going? It, you know, there's some talk that people can't wait to see Jalen Waddle in the uh, Debo Samuel role. I, I don't think Jalen Waddle is built for the Debo Samuel role. I think he's just a little too, he's, he's a little bit too light. Um, I don't think he can take that, you know, nine carry, eight, nine carry a game beating. But it, it should be an exciting offense. They kept their defensive staff, and that's kind of been uh, up and down side of the ball. We'll see what happens uh, next year. But uh, it's nice to see the hirings all kind of get taken care of. Uh, you know, the Super Bowl is over. We're on our way to the Combine. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it's like off season begins in earnest now. Everything, all eyes are on the prospects. All eyes are on the um, the upcoming combine and free agency and the draft. So, all we wheels up. And uh, yeah, to your point, I think that I am very excited for the Dolphins. I think it was a great hire, personally, just from what we can see. Obviously, you never know until these things play themselves out. But you know, it'd be great to see um, him work on establishing a run game there. And it's a great draft for that because we've talked a lot about there's no top end talent necessarily but there's a lot of depth so if they want to grab a third fourth fifth round running back you know they can easily snag a you know a jerome ford or you know who knows could who could still be sitting there you know in the third fourth fifth round that could really work wonders in a shanahan style run game um down in miami if that's the way they they choose to go hopefully they do get some more weapons for tua but yeah i agree with most of your takes there we are moving into our top cells the main event. Fight. So with a so one thing I do want to clarify right at the start here is I think anytime you say someone is a sell in Dynasty, I think there's an automatic assumption that you're sort of saying they're garbage or that they suck or that they're going to have a terrible rest of their career. So I just want to qualify what we're going to talk about. That's not necessarily the case. There are times where you're saying that. There are times where you're saying this player, their value has been boosted. Um to a ridiculous level and they're not actually as you know valuable to your team as the value you can get in a trade but a lot of times when we're talking about sells we're just saying that this time next year you probably won't be able to get as much for them or and it may be a substantial decrease in what you're able to get for them so there's kind of two different camps of sells there's sells that are hey this is peak value and you can make it uh, the biggest reward for your team and then there's also sells where yeah, I think their their stock is boosted by an unrealistic expectation for the future. So just to clarify that, um, but guess first, uh, Dennis, who's your first sort of sell that you want to throw out there and what's your thought process behind it? Well, you know, it's it's funny because we, we, we spend a lot of time on draft Twitter and whenever somebody's value peaks, there, there are those analysts out there that are like, oh, sell, 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 sell. Their value is never going to be higher. And and I'm somebody who's like, well, if I'm if I've got a good team, why do I want to sell my good players? I want to win championships, so I'm not always looking to move somebody just just when they're at peak value, because I can maybe make another deal. If I, it's hard for me sometimes, because if I've got CD Lamb and he's at peak value because uh, he's going into year two and everybody's expecting him to have a great year. Uh, Dak is going to be back and healthy. They're going to lean more on the passing game. 
yeah, I can get a haul for him, but what am I going to replace him with? And, and that's always kind of my thing. So it's hard sometimes to say, well, what are the, the sales? It's Aaron Rodgers, low-hanging fruit again. There's, you know, what's going to happen there? He looked like when he accepted his MVP award, he kind of acknowledged he's happy being back in Green Bay. Now it's kind of, can they get Devontae Adams to stay? Calvin Ridley, is he coming back? Is he not? Kyler Murray, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on in Arizona right now. Those are all kind of low-hanging fruit ones, and I didn't really want to pick them. You know, Kyler Kyler wants them to pick up his fifth-year option and start negotiating a long-term contract, and I don't think they're ready to yet, and so he's pouting. Well, I'm going to go play baseball. You know, that don't work out very often. You know, there, there's only one Bo Jackson. There's only one Deion Sanders. Um I think uh, I don't think Kyler is is major league level baseball player. He's he's better. I think he's better than Russell Wilson was, but I don't think he's, he's he doesn't have the leverage with that that he thinks. So he's throwing a little bit of a hissy fit. Uh, I think I think he'll be back. I don't know if they're going to pick up his fifth year option. I haven't been. I, I don't like tiny quarterbacks, uh, you know, and that's kind of what he is. He, yeah, he runs some, and he he doesn't always look to run. But I don't I don't think he's as good a passer as a lot of people do. So you know, I, I kind of tried to avoid those guys. So my first sell, I, I think, is somebody that uh, isn't. You know, he was a surprise first round draft pick last year, and then got injured. So he's coming off the injury, uh, but he's in he's in a good position. Is uh, Travis Etienne of the Jaguars? You know. He, he's young. I think he's only 21 years old still. He's coming off an ACL, I believe it was. Um, he missed the entire season. Uh, and then James Robinson got injured late in the season. So the opportunity is going to be there for ETN. But with a Doug Peterson offense, I, I don't know how much uh, that, that Peterson's going to rely on just one running back. Uh, I, and ETN going to have, you know, the opportunity is going to be there. As long as he shows he's healthy, I think they're going to want to give him the ball. It's, Peterson isn't isn't going to defer to Carlos Hyde for no good reason. Um, he's a good pass catcher, and the team will be playing from behind. I think you can use that as sort of your selling point. Um, but he's not as good a runner, I think, as uh, a lot of people thought he was. I, I wasn't super high on him. I don't think he's a terrific running back. I think he's got good speed uh, and he's decent in the receiving game. But to me, uh, he just wasn't somebody that I was going out and really trying to acquire. You know, if I'm if I am a contending team, you know, I'm looking for a veteran. I know that's going to get me that that I feel comfortable as much as you want to say it, you know, ETN probably isn't the centerpiece of your running game on a contending team. So if I could get, you know, Zeke in a late first or Zeke in an early second, I I know a lot of people are down on Zeke, but he's still going to be the starting running back next year. It's going to be a timeshare, but if he gets himself healthy, you know, he, he's, uh, it was funny. Uh, you know, our guy over at dynasty nerds, uh, the social media guy, Luke Sawhook, you know, Luke's a fantastic guy, but Luke is a Steelers guy. And one day he 
Luke Post, Najee over Zeke. And I'm like, tell me how tell me how Najee looks in 2,000 carries because that's where <laughs> Zeke is at right now. And he was yeah. like, man, just let me have my fun. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's easy to beat up on Zeke, but he's been super productive and he's carried a lot of the load. And it just happens. He's still only – I think he's only 26 years old, even though he's going into his sixth year or something. He's carried a big load. So – you know, I don't know that there's a lot of people that are going to want to avoid that. But if I can get a, a late first, early second, you know, like first or second pick in the second round, uh, 2023 pick especially, then I'm probably okay to do that for ETN, move, you know, and take on somebody like Zeke that somebody else is probably just trying to get off their roster. Yeah, I, I like I like what you said there because – Obviously, a lot of listeners maybe aren't on Twitter or maybe they are in Twitter, you know, on fantasy Twitter. Like you said, there's a lot of like hot takes and there's a lot of just like talk for talk's sake or, you know, engagement farming and trying to say these things that sound controversial or, you know, just it's trying to be spicy and trying to create, um, you know, get more follows and things like that. Whereas the reality is it's important to listen to shows like this, like the Dynasty Nerd 10 GM, where we sit and we actually just talk through the practicalities of building a roster, maintaining your roster and the reasons behind why we want to sell or buy, etc. Um, so I agree 100% with you that as much as you know, fantasy Twitter wants to crown Tony Pollard as the next great running back. It's very unlikely that this year or even maybe next year, as long as all things go the way they are, that he's supplanting Zeke based on the contract and just based on who Zeke is and what his abilities are. So absolutely agree that, you know, someone like ETN who it was a Liz Frank injury. So he's injured his foot. He's missed an entire year. We still don't know what he can do in the pros. It's easy to project and hope for things, but we just don't know. So yeah, if you can, if you're a contender, it's nice to turn an unknown into a known. So you can get rid of an unknown quantity who's got some buzz and possibly cash in. Um, and, and I think that's the, the important to have all these discussions because none of these players that we're discussing, we're not saying that they're terrible players or you need to get rid of them right now because it's going to be a disaster if you keep them. We're saying these are guys I would consider looking at moving and why. So for me, you know, kind of going back to maybe what I was talking about at the start there, somebody that I would say is a sell is um, Joe Mixon. And it, it might sound really surprising or weird to say that at first. And I just want to qualify it to, by saying, I think Joe Mixon's a really good running back. I think he's great. And uh, I like Joe Mixon. So I'm not in any way saying Joe Mixon sucks or, you know, it was a fluke what happened this year. I think he's a great running back. But the reasons why for me, I would consider looking to get rid of him or move move off him is because he, everyone's just had their eyes on him all playoffs. And he had a pretty good Super Bowl. He threw, he threw the touchdown. Um, that was really fun. And, you know, he's one of those characters that he – he had a great year. I mean, this was his best fantasy finish this season. He's absolutely killed it for fantasy. It was awesome. And when that happens, people get crazy with like people get crazy with running backs. They'll, they'll give an arm and a leg for a good running back. Um, you know, he finished off in a PPR league. He finishes the, as the running back four. So he had an amazing season. Um, but the reasons why I would look at possibly getting rid of him is because of the return you could get for him. If someone's just going to give you like a first for him, then I'm not looking to get rid of him. But I just, for example, I traded away Dalvin cook a few weeks ago, right at the start of the playoffs. Um, and, and Dalvin cook, didn't have as good a season as Mixon. He's not as an exciting and hot of a name right now as Mixon, but I still was able to get T Higgins and like the 102 in a one QB league for, for Dalvin Cook. So to me, 
if you can take Joe Mixon, who's got a lot of buzz, he just finishes the RB4 and just package him up as this, hey, he's an elite running back on an elite offense and you can get two firsts and something else for him or you can get a younger running back and something else on top. The reason I would look to do that is because as awesome as he is, he is going into his age 26 season um, and age isn't everything. And you have to bear in mind, you know, what kind of years have they had? But he has always been a pretty high usage back. So, you know, he's had 178 carries, 237 carries, 278 carries. He was injured a lot last year. Then this year he's had 300 carries almost. He's had a lot of wear and tear. Um, As we talked about, it's a very deep running back class. They could very easily grab somebody in the third, fourth, fifth round even that, to bring a little bit of competition. They obviously well, used some of Zach Taylor, Zach Taylor's trying to, you know, space him out and, you know, preserve him by running Samaje P. Ryan. Yeah, exactly. So Zach Taylor already is trying to utilize other people to bring in, you know, Samaj P. Ryan, um, who is not an overly talented running back. So if they grab, you know, somebody in the third, fourth, fifth round, that's going to take even 20% or 30% of his workload off him. He becomes not as valuable. He's had his best ever season. And when his best ever season is age 25 season, I think that's a great time to look to cash in, um, you know, a, a great tweet. I mean, it's just a historical data that's, that's, that's realistic, but a great, kind of representation of it was kind of put out by Ian Hartitz recently um, on Twitter where he was showing the, you know, historically over the last 10 years where by position each age bracket finished in the, in the QB one, RB one, wide receiver one, tight end one over the last 10 years and what age they were. And for running backs, it's quite obviously at 22, it's 12%, 23, it's 15, 24, it's 13, 25, it's 14%. And then 26, it goes down to 13. And then there's a pretty big drop off to nine and then three. So it's it's 25 is kind of the absolute sweet spot for running backs a lot of times, just historically speaking. And so he's going to be 26 before the season starts. I think you could get an absolute haul for him. I mean, looking at Dynasty Trade Calculator, they give him the worth of like the 101 and a super flex and not just in a one QB. So like even in a super flex, you'd have to pay up like the one one to get him. So in a one QB, you're probably having to pay a first and a player to get Mixon. That's certainly something I would consider myself. Dennis, what are your thoughts? Um, are you agree with me? Are you think I'm crazy? Are you going out and getting all the Mixon you can? No, I, I think Mixon, you know, there's been some reluctance on Zach Taylor's part to give him the workload and then they finally do this year and then in key situations we saw it not just in the Super Bowl but more than once we saw them put in Chris Evans or Samaj P Ryan and it and it was just a head scratcher so Mixon is very talented I I you know he is sort of one of those peak guys that unless you you know you you look at your league and if you're not in the top two or three teams you should probably be looking to move Mixon um, unless you, you know there's a deal you can make to get you into those top two or three teams. This is it, – it, he is going to be at his peak. Um, he's coming off his best year, like you said. So I, I'm not opposed to moving him. If I could get – you know, I'd be looking – I I have him in a super flex league, and, you know, for some reason I'm, I'm reluctant to, to move him. Uh, up until this season, I, I haven't really. I've had him and Aaron Jones um, and somebody else. I can't remember. Uh, I kind of built my team around running backs, and uh, it, it was. I've had some offers for him as I last year as I was fading, but I 
was pushing hard to still try to make the playoffs, and I just just didn't move him. But I think this is time. It's a time where you want to. It's hard when you finish in the middle of the pack. You know, you, you've got to face some tough choices. When you're the six, seven, you know, eight, maybe maybe even fifth seed, you have to d- determine just really where how close to how close to being the team are you you have to make a call and say are you really a contender i i've got some rebuilds that are that i've torn down to the studs and sold people off and and at some point you have to make that call and when you do you know now is the time where you start to look to move guys like mixon unfortunately though uh if you've ever looked at uh eric Kortz's value cycle for draft picks um uh, you know, we're heading into the most valuable time for draft picks. And so moving him for draft picks right now is, is getting more expensive. Yeah, no, absolutely. That is a really solid point. Um, I, again, I think it's just about testing your league because I think sometimes we, uh, you know, people like myself and, you know, Dennis, who are just absolute degenerates and all we think about is dynasty fantasy football. We can easily overthink things or we get super, you know, galaxy brained into it. But if you're in just an average league and guys are just looking at like, you know, who they like or don't like, and they're maybe not even digging that deep into rookies yet to get excited at the Super Bowl's just finished. If you can go and like I say, if you can package mixing and get Antonio Gibson and a first, I would love that. You know, I would be really happy with that. Um, because again, we just got to, you got to think, project a year out. So this time next year, um, will Mixon have finished as a top three or top four running back? It'd be very unlikely. He might. It'd be very unlikely that he'll do as good again. If he And even if he does, he'll then be looking to go 27 going into the next year. And as dynasty players, we can be very keenly aware of age, especially with running backs. So for me, I would be looking to get out now. Um, do you have anyone else that you have lined up that you'd like to to throw us out here and talk through as a possible offload target? You know, it's in dynasty age is king and it's, it's tough to uh, sometimes when players get a little bit older to move them. Uh, I, I'm looking to move on from Keenan Allen. I've been a big, I, I love Keenan Allen, you know, his first, two or three years, he had a couple of injuries and he wasn't as productive, but man, once he hit that productive stage and started producing, he he's a target monster. Uh, he seems to always be open, but he's 29 years old. He finished his uh, wide receiver nine in uh, 2021. His last four years, he's been wide receiver nine, wide receiver nine, wide receiver eight, wide receiver 11. He's been a wide receiver one for the last four years. I didn't I didn't go back further than that, but he's really, really, you know, he's just he's one of those guys that kind of flies under the radar. And I think this is probably your last chance to sell him. You can you can sort of push the narrative right now that he's you know, Mike Williams is a free agent, you know, Josh Palmer showed so. You know, it looks like they may be willing to move on from Williams because Palmer can slide right into that role. Uh, and being a young guy, they're still going to need Keenan Allen to step up and, and and run the show. Austin Eckler is still the guy there at the running back. Uh, so there's some stability there. So you can expect that Keenan Allen is going to get uh, a, a lot of targets on Dynasty Trade Calculator. He's going for about the 108 and, or 109 and on uh uh, the Dynasty GM from Dynasty Nerds, they got him ranked about the 104, 105. So um, a mid to a mid to late first is kind of his value. So if you can put together a package where you're you can get a you know a later first, 
you know, even a, a, a back end first and, and a young player that you like as a lottery pick, somebody that looks like they're set up to get to step into somebody like a Josh Palmer that looks like they're going to step into a role there. I like Keenan Allen a lot. He's been a, a really, really good fantasy asset. But at 29 years old, he's probably got a couple really solid years left before he drops into that wide receiver two, three range and, and kind of gets you served by the, the new the new wide receiver that becomes uh, Justin Herbert's favorite target. Yeah, I think and, – and that is, you know, it's one of those that's like hard to hear for me because I love Keenan Allen so much. <laughs> He's just like one of my favorite players. I love having him on my squad. So, But I, I appreciate what you're saying, and I agree. I think it – like all of these, like any buy or sell, I think that's the problem sometimes with fantasy Twitter is that it's a lot of fun and you can get really solid information. There's a lot of great follows on there. But, yeah, you can see a lot of these kind of hot takes or blanket statements that I think it's just clickbait sort of stuff. But, um, you know, Keenan Allen's one of those characters that if you're a contender, he's great to have because he's a great wide receiver two or three because he probably will finish as a borderline wide receiver one again this year just based on target. And he's an excellent route runner and he doesn't rely on speed to win. Um, but like you said, to your point, if you're middle of the road, you got to make tough decisions. And, you know, if you're middle of the road and you're looking to build for the future or especially if you're in any sort of a rebuild, you're not going to build around a 29 year old wide receiver, no matter how good they are. So yeah, I like that. I like if you can get a first, you know, there's a lot of good wide receivers in this draft. I think this draft has been a little undersold. I think a lot of people are down on the, the draft in general, and I'm going through the wide receivers right now and there's some really good wide receivers. So if you can get a late first, especially in a super flex league, and like somebody like a Josh Palmer or, you know, somebody else like that, that you see some promise or some potential in. Um, I think that that would definitely be something I'd be entertaining. Uh, Dalton Schultz had a great year and that's fantastic. But if you dig into it a little bit, I mean, a couple of things the, the Cowboys are in a terrible situation with the cap. Like they're like the third worst cap situation. Schultz is coming up on being a free agent. Now they could franchise tag him. Possibly they have a lot of, moving parts they have a lot of things they need to fix and sort out so i don't know that you know franchise tagging schultz is the priority um they could do that potentially but most likely he's going to want a decent deal he finished you know very high um obviously we're talking fantasy but even just as a tight end he was one of the most productive tight ends this year um and and if you think about it he's going to want a decent deal because that that is what happens you know any player has a decent year they and they become a free agent they want a better deal even a middle of the road deal you know could be six eight million for a tight end and I don't know that the Cowboys can afford that especially when they already have Blake Jarwin under contract now that he's healthy again they may just look to run it back and they may let Dalton Schultz test free agency now the reason that worries me is there was another tight end a couple years ago who had fantastic season hit free agency got a big deal was supposed to be the next big thing and his name is Austin Hooper as a Browns fan I'm sure you're you're well acquainted with Mr. Hooper and um, I could easily see him being the next Austin Hooper he's not you know, if you really dig into Dalton Schultz as a prospect and as as a player, he's not an overly athletic tight end, which athleticism is one of the biggest, most important factors for fantasy um, that we look for in elite tight ends that really are going to produce for us year on year for for fantasy. So he was more of a product of situation um, and, and just being in the right place at the right time and having a setup that was really conducive to a great fantasy season. Now, when I say he could be the next Austin Hooper, 
Austin Hooper's last year with the Falcons, he had 75 receptions on 97 targets for 787 yards and six touchdowns. Um, if we look at Dalton Schultz's year, he had 78 receptions on 104 targets, 808 yards and eight touchdowns. So literally almost identical. Um, and, you know, Austin Hooper went to the Browns. It was supposed to be a great landing spot for him. And he's just never been able to really replicate what he had in Atlanta um, with Matty Ice. I mean, in the last two years that he's been in, in, in Cleveland, he's finishes the tight end 21 and the tight end 24. So the reason I say that he's a sell right now, Dalton Schultz is, is not necessarily because you can get a fortune for him, but I can easily see a world where you can get a lot less for him in a year from now. Um, if he does go and sign somewhere and then it just doesn't work out or he's just not utilized the way that he was being utilized in Dallas. Now there is a world that he comes back to Dallas. They make things work. They bring him back and he's still a respectful or helpful tight end for you. But, what my suggestion would be is maybe look to quote unquote downgrade to somebody like a Fant or somebody who's maybe underperformed this year or last year. Um, somebody that or like packaging Schultz and a third or something and trying to go after like a Friermuth or something like that. Somebody that's younger, up and coming and has more potential to be an actual yearly stud, somebody that you can actually rely on at the tight end position. Um, so that would be sort of my reasons why I would look at possibly moving off of Schultz, um, especially he was, we never expected him to be a top. He was never touted to be or, or sought after or expected to be a top five, top eight tight end. He just came out of nowhere. And I think generally speaking, those guys are great to flip for you know peak value if you can. But what are your thoughts on that? Do you see it differently or are you with oh, me on Dalton Schultz? Oh, no, not, not not at all. I, I think if he goes somewhere else, he, he's very, very much uh, in the range of uh, getting Hooper. I was not on the Hooper train. I th I felt like, especially when he went to Cleveland, I thought that I, I was not high on that landing spot or, or him at all. It was a situation where um, he was, he just wasn't going to get the volume there. They even, even if they gave uh, a tight end the same kind of percentage, uh, the volume wasn't going to be there because the Browns just weren't going to throw the ball that much. You know, that's one of the things I think that that led to the divorce with OBJ in Cleveland was the passing volume was just never going to be there. But, you know, Schultz was supposed to be the tight end too behind Jarwin. And then Jarwin got injured and Schultz just stepped up and was, was good. He, he had a really good year. I, I, if you can move him and, and you can get something for him, I, I think you're spot on uh, with where you're valuing him and trying to get uh, get somebody younger and more athletic. Uh, do you have one more for us here, Dennis, before we move on to the deep dive? Yeah, I got I got a tight end as well, and this is probably going to be shocking. Uh, my, my cell here is George Kittle. Now, he was tight end three in 2021, and – Dynasty Trade Calculator has him about the the 104, Dynasty GM at the 103, but he's getting a new quarterback that there's a lot of mixed reviews on on what uh, what Trey Lance is bringing to the table right now. Uh, last season he had four games under five points. He missed three other games, and so his season was kind of buoyed by two games over 30, one in which he scored 39 points. So he, he's pretty volatile. Now, he's, from a football perspective, he's a phenomenal tight end. But I think as the team develops, uh, he's, he's going to, you know, his role is, is what it is. And I, it, it's not like uh, 
I don't think it's it's going to be like, say, Baltimore, where the offense runs through Mark Andrews. I, I think with uh, Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel, um, yeah, Kittle's going to have a role. Uh, but if you can get tight end three value for him, if somebody's willing to give you a high pick or maybe even a mid to late pick and, and, and a, a valuable player, uh, I'm all for moving off him and trying to uh, – bolster the position uh somewhere else if i could i mean i'd be happy to go you know you, you give me a late first in fryer mood you know a 107 108 in fryer mood I, i'm willing to take that shot uh, and and move off of, of kittle yeah i think that's um that's fantastic you know insight that you bring because you know that and that's cool because i like that kind of stuff where it sounds like a hot take or spicy but then when you actually break it down and talk through it there's logic to you know there's methods of the madness and um you know i think that's really a lot of great points that you make with trey lance you know he could very easily if he has developed this year and into the next year, he has a stronger arm than Jimmy G. He's not afraid to push the ball down the field. That could be really conducive to Brandon Ayuk's development uh, as a, an alpha receiver. It could be really awesome to see Debo in that role, but it could also mean, like you said, a lot less over the middle, kind of short yardage sort of stuff like Kittle would get. So, of course, he's still going to have a role. Of course, he's still going to have those big games. He's an amazing tight end. But, yeah, absolutely, to your point, I could see that, you know, especially, um, you know, dynasty tight end three or whatever kind of prices. Yeah, absolutely. Love that. Um, and there's always the, the risk as well. That, I mean, he does play such a violent role. Like he's such an elite blocker and he's just so amazing at what he does, but he just throws his body in there. So he could get beat up and, you know, we've, we've seen him already miss some time. So it would be, you know, wouldn't shock me to see him, you know, miss a little bit more time if he does keep keep playing the way he does, which, you know, you love to see. We actually have some more we could have gone into, but guys, I understand that we've been going on for quite a while here, so we're going to move on. We are going to talk Detroit Lions. <laughs> Dynasty Deep Dive. Detroit Lions, the previous home of Super Bowl winning quarterback Matthew Stafford we're going to talk through values and honestly it may not be that long of a talk because at the moment they do have a little bit of a depth of um, quality players on their roster apologies to any Lions fans out there but you know it's true so we're going to start with Jared Goff the previous quarterback of the Super Bowl winning LA Rams he finished as the quarterback 25 on the year 14.2 points per game he is 27 years old and he will be a unrestricted free agent in 2025 but the Lions do have a potential out in 2023 so could be only one more season of Jared in Detroit dynasty trade calculator values him at an 11.4 which in a super flex in a 12 team super flex tight end premium league it's sort of that that turn at the end of the first start of the second round so you're sort of talking like a 112 201 somewhere in there dynasty nerds have him ranked at qb 25 i personally have him ranked at qb 26 so those are the facts and figures i will throw it to the culture coach himself to give us an insight what do you think about jared goff is there any world in which you're interested in acquiring jared goff or what are you doing with sir jared goff so to me, Jared Goff is a perfect quarterback in a particular scenario. When I look at a team and I finish last season at seven and seven, and I'm making the call that says, man, my team sucks. I need to rebuild. Goff is that guy where I'm okay to take him from somebody because they're like, oh, I need to upgrade my quarterback. And if they want to send me 
you know, golf. And if let's say, let's say I've got Derek Carr. You, if you want to send me golf in an early second for Derek Carr, and I'm in a rebuild, to me that a 2023 if you projected second early second round pick, I'm down for that. I think that's something that that can you know late first even. Uh, I want to I want to get golf on my team because as much as I, you know, there's a lot of talk about tanking. Uh, is it is it legal? Should you do it? To me, I want to always put my best lineup out there or an argument. I can make the argument is a, a viable lineup uh, because, you know, that you don't want to start uh, guys that uh, are injured and, and whatnot. So I'm OK to do that. That's golf is that kind of guy. And he might surprise you and, and be consistent. The, the valuation of QB 25, 26, I think is right on where I would. I would have him valued. And so to me, I, he's the kind of guy I acquire in a rebuild so that I can get other assets, kind of like the Brock Osweiler deal, the Cleveland Browns <laughs> did with Houston. That That's what I'm going to do with, with Jared Goff. And then I'm going to look at the, at, as the season goes on, now I'm going to look, all right, what contender needs a quarterback? And can I now flip Goff? to that contender because maybe they had a quarterback get injured in, in week 10 and they're trying to make the playoffs and they need a quarterback that's going to give them at least low end QB two numbers and golf might be there. That's where I'm going with Jared Goff. Yeah, that's a brilliant. I love it because you're basically doing to him in fantasy what the Detroit Lions did to him in reality. So you're like, fine, I'll take Jared Goff if you give me draft capital. Right. <laughs> and then like when someone's really desperate, because you know, it sounds crazy now, but man, in season people get desperate, especially if they've gone all in or they're trying to go all in and they're going for it and they only have two QBs, the second QB goes down. All of a sudden, then you're like, Yeah, well, you know, throw me your 23 second and something else and you can have golf and then all of a sudden yeah like you said you've got maybe two 23 picks and you had somebody that you could use in the meantime so i love that because a lot of people are just quick to be like nah you know forget golf no chance i want him on my roster but i like i like what you said there's a right way to tank in dynasty because it is a bit in my opinion it's a bit scummy to be like starting players that are on ir and leaving empty blank spots just to try and tank and get a better draft pick i don't really like that so i absolutely agree there's an art to tanking so jared goff is a tank specialist for your team like it moving on to someone who's a little bit more exciting in the wide receiver core he is the crown jewel at the moment the one and only amon raw saint brown the sun god himself finished as the wide receiver 24 13.4 points per game so he almost averaged as much as his quarterback and he's only 22 years old he's on rookie contract until 2025 he comes in at a solid 15 which is the 110 roughly on dynasty trade calculator so like a late first in a super flex league um, Dynasty Nerds rank have him at wide receiver 36. I myself am a little bit higher on him. I've got him at wide receiver 29. Um, but those are sort of the facts and figures. And I even think that the 13.4 points per game is a little misleading because if you look at his second half of the season, he was really killing it. Um, but that's just an average over the whole course of the season. So, Dennis, what is your take on the Sun God? Well, I think you have to build in the expectation that they're going to go get a, a, a wide receiver. To me, Amon Ra is sort of in that Jarvis Landry, Keenan Allen mold. Um, he's he's a shorter A dot guy. He's going to do the do things with the ball in his hand. He's going to get open early, and so if you've got a quarterback that can uh, that plays that quick game, an offense that plays that quick game, 
he has the ability to get some volume, but I think they're going to go out and get uh, an alpha wide receiver type, you know, a, a Drake London, a Traylon Burks, uh, one of those more um, uh, stereotypical big alpha wide receivers. Uh, I don't know if they'll spend the draft capital to get a London or a Burks on him when they've got other needs, but I could see them going with, with uh, you know, a second round pick maybe or a third round pick uh, on somebody with some size there. And maybe it's maybe it's 2023 when they make that move. I like Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, as a Lions fan, um, I think that he's there for the long term and really is going to provide a lot of value. If I'm a dynasty guy, you know, that my, my concern with dynasty is as the offense evolves and they bring in another quarterback, is that quarterback, what's that offense going to look like? Because if it all of a sudden becomes a, a a deep passing game, you know, that could affect Amon Ross St. Brown's volume, um, especially if they bring in somebody that's, a you know, a big deep threat, uh, you know, somebody like Mike Evans or somebody like that, that that can produce in that downfield role. So I like St. Brown. I, I love the valuation. I think, uh, you know, mid to late wide receiver three is good. And uh, if I'm a, if, if I'm building a team, he's one of those guys that I want to, if I can get him in my wide receiver three, wide receiver four slot on my dynasty team, then I feel like I've got that set. That's a set it and forget it role. Yeah, I like that. I mean, to your point, what about somebody you talked about as a sell earlier, Keenan Allen? So if you can flip Keenan Allen to a contender for Amon Ross St. Brown straight up, are you doing that? Probably not straight up, no. I'm going to want a little more than Brown. Okay, so if you can get – so you're middle of the road or rebuild. You go to the contender and you say, here's Keenan Allen. Give me Amon Ross St. Brown and a 23-second. Are you doing that? That I would do. I, I like that. I think, again, like you say, just the age factor, there's so much more, so many more options and possibilities that, you know, Keenan Allen's only, he's not going to increase in value next year, even if he kills it, just because of age. He'll be 30 then, and they'll be looking at, you know. And plus, I think right now is a great time because there's still the unknowns. I just did a mock last week, and obviously it's just me doing a mock, so it could mean absolutely nothing. But I looked at like them taking like a Traylon Burks or something, the Chargers in the first round of the draft because they're losing Mike Williams. And if that had that happens, that could even just from a pers- everyone's perspective of what that means, it could tank his value even more, and then you're not going to get as much for him. So right now, before the draft, probably a good time just in case they do take someone because there's a good chance they'll take someone. Maybe not in the first round, maybe they take someone in the second round. But even then, I think people are going to start putting two and two together, getting 44 and freaking out, not wanting to give up any money for a 29-year-old wide receiver, even though he is a stud. Um, I think your, your, your windows on Allen are now before the draft or – Week 10 when he's a top 10 wide receiver. Yeah. And someone's wanting to make a push for the, the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the only other wide receiver really that I wanted to touch on was just Quintus Cephas. I know he got injured and he missed a lot of time, um, but I know there had been a quite a bit of buzz about him, you know, just as a sleeper and things like that. So Quintus Cephas, he finished wide receiver 117, which is very low, but again, he only played five games. He was averaging just under 10 points per game. So he was a useful kind of flex play at times. Um, he's going to be 24 before the season. So still fairly young rookie contract until 2024. And I guess the best part is like, if you, were interested in them you can get them for dirt cheap i mean you can get them for like a fourth or something like that um but again not overly high on them myself 
a little bit higher than consensus, apparently. Dynasty Nerds ranks have him at a wide receiver 84. I've got him at wide receiver 76. But again, nothing to write home about. Anything, any interest at all whatsoever from, from the wisdom of Dennis, the culture coach? Uh, he is the quintessential uh, throw-in guy. I like it. Um, he's he's one of those guys where like he he could become a thing. He's shown that he's he's a big bodied wide receiver. He's a possession wide receiver type, uh, and he could develop into that wide receiver three role for uh, the Lions or some other team. And so if I'm, it, it's one of those things where when you, you're making a deal and you're like, I want just one more. I, I need one more piece to get this done. Hey, will you throw in Quintez Cephas? Most people are like, yeah, I'll throw in Quintez Cephas. Let's get this deal done. That That's sort of where I am with him. And then, you know, we get spoiled by some of these early breakouts like Amon Ross St. Brown and, you know, going back to OBJ and all this stuff. But by and large, if you still work with the third year breakout mentality for your wide receivers, you can still find guys like Quintez Cephas that flashed and then something happened, an injury or something, or the team, you know, was just really bad and, and was trying just throwing anything at the wall to see what sticks. And eventually he sticks. And then you get somebody that breaks out. And in year three, you know, he catches 60 passes for 800 yards and three touchdowns. And you can use him as your wide receiver three, four. He becomes a flex-worthy play for you. And CFS is that kind of guy for me. First of all, can I just say that was a beautiful dad joke. I love that. Quintessential. I mean, I am, first of all, ashamed of myself for not having seen that. And second of all, tip of the cap to you, sir. Uh, and I love that. So, yeah, I love my one of my favorite uh, shenanigans that I love to get up to in trades is always getting the throw in, you know, is that guy just, uh, uh, yeah, give me Quintus Cephas and we'll call it a deal. You know, I love that. I love it. Um, so moving on then to the, the, to the, the highest of highs, the most exciting player in my mind on the, on the Detroit lions, um, is the running back Deandre Swift. Now, he finished as the RB16, which isn't amazing, but he only played 12 games. He was on 16.2 points per game, which if he'd have played the full lot of games, he probably would have been a top eight, top 10 running back. So most likely an RB1. He's only 23 years old, rookie contract till 2024. Dynasty trade calculator, he's at a 39.6, which is the 101 plus. So, I mean, you're talking like you need to be, here's a top, top first and a player, something like that to, to entertain getting your hands on Mr. Swift. Um, Dynasty Nerds have him at RB5. I have him all the way up at RB2. I hope he doesn't get a nosebleed up there in the high seats. So, Dennis, where do you come down on our uh, on DeAndre Swift and what are your what are you doing with him in Dynasty? Man, in Dynasty, I'm holding. You're gonna have to blow me away. Uh there's I can't see any any good reason why you would want to move him. If you think you're gonna be competitive in the next two years, if you think you've got a a title run in you, it's hard to move him or Javante Williams or Najee Harris over these next two seasons. Uh, it, it's, you know, he showed that he can, that he's dynamic with the ball. You get it to him in the passing game, get it to him in the running game. Uh, the, the only thing that I think can hold uh, DeAndre Swift back is Dan Campbell deciding, man, you know, the Packers were onto something with Jamal and Williams. <laughs> so just that, that kind of ties in nicely then to the, um, 
And I, and I agree with you, by the way, I absolutely like you'd have to give me, you know, your firstborn and um, they'd have to be good at a certain skill that I need uh, for me to be interested in the trade. So Jamal Williams, then obviously he is there as well. He could be the potential fly in the ointment. He finished RB 43. He himself only played 12 games, averaging 9.5 points per game. He's 24 before the season. He's still there this year. He's an undraft, a unrestricted free agent in 23, so he'll still be there this year most likely. Any interest whatsoever in him? Um, maybe if you're the Swift manager, do you want him as a handcuff, or are you just like, whatever, I don't care, get him away from me? Yeah, you know, he's going to be 27. He's He is a, hand, he is a hand, viable handcuff, and so I'm more likely to employ handcuffing strategy in Dynasty than I am in redraft. Um, and so I, I will take a look at uh, sort of what's going on there. But Jamar Jefferson looked good there. Uh, Godwin Iguabuke looked good uh, in, in the backfield when they had to put him there. Craig so Reynolds I, looked really good, actually, at the end of the season yeah, as well. Yeah, so, every, it, it, so there may be something to the uh, – there may be something to the scheme there. You know, the Lions have a really good offensive line. They're kind of built around that. And and so it's possible that it doesn't matter who the running back is, that, you know, talent is going to, you know, there's going to be production plus, and the plus is, you know, what your talent is. And obviously uh, uh, Swift's talent is far superior to the other guys. So it, it may be worth, if you think he's going to still stay at that RB2 level on the team, then it's probably worth handcuffing if that's one of your strategies you like to employ. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm certainly not going out to acquire him if I don't already manage Swift on my roster. Um, but if I have Jamal Williams and I don't have Swift, I'm going to the Swift owner and seeing can I get something for him or can I package you know, can I give Jamal and my third to get a second, something like that? Um, because that's, I just, that's the only way I see value for him personally. He's a great character. I love the the person Jamal Williams. He's hilarious. He's one of my favorite guys to listen to interviews and stuff. So no, no disrespect to him, but just in dynasty, that's, that's what I would be doing with him. Um, interesting. So wrapping up then the skill positions here, a very intriguing character, potentially a divisive character. Now TJ Hawkinson tight end 13 on the year. Again, there's some sort of weird, thing with the lions he only played 12 games so <laughs> swift got 12 jamal got 12 tj got 12 i don't know if they all just decided look we're not going anywhere let's just take it easy but he was on 12.1 points per game and that's just in a normal ppr league that's not tight end premium involved um he'll be 25 before the season so he's in no way old anything like that he's on rookie contract still until 2023 um dynasty trade calculator 28.3 so their volume superflex tight end premium league valuation kind of an early first like you need the 102 103 somewhere in there um dynasty nerds and myself are in lockstep at tight end six in our rankings um what are your thoughts on him are you disappointed in what he's done so far is it what you expected and what are you doing with him in dynasty uh he's definitely a, a buy for me i think i have him probably higher in my personal rankings i think i have him around tight end four or five you know, I like Hawkinson. I think the, the role is there for him. We've seen him have some monster games. Uh, it comes down to will they consistently involve him in the game plan? Um, and when they get another top-tier wide receiver, does that help open the game up for him? Or does that take – does the volume it takes away from him offset any production increase? So uh, – I, I like Hawkinson a lot, man. I think he's 
I, I liked Hawkinson over Fant when they were coming out. I, I don't dig the I, I think he needs to stick with the clean cut look. I don't dig the George Kittle uh, pro wrestler look he's been doing. Um, but that's just me. Uh, I, I think if you can get him, man, you 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 want to go get him. Uh, I, he To me, he's kind of a set it and forget it for the next five years kind of guy. I think the Lions are going to extend him. They're not going to let him walk. Uh, I think they're going to get something done. Yeah, I agree. And I think the interesting thing about the Lions is that I don't think they're as far away as people maybe even think they are. And I think a lot of that comes down to the coaching and um, just kind of the the things that they do have in place. So they've got an offensive line in place, which is massive. They've got a really good running back. They've got a really good tight end. Amon Ross St. Brown, even if he's not a alpha wide receiver, he's a very solid wide receiver too. Um they need some pieces on defense, but they've got two first-round picks. They need another wide receiver. But, I mean, you could easily see them setting things up this year and then maybe not having not finishing really well this year, but then the 23 quarterback class being really strong and just being a quarterback away as early as next year. I, I could see a world where that happens. So, uh, to your point, 100% agree TJ Hawkinson is a buy. Let me ask you this, tying it all together like the professional that I am, we talked, I talked about Dalton Schultz as being a sell. So you got somebody in your league. You're just full. It's a league full of average Joes. You're like, Hey, I've got this tight end three here. Let me just take that TJ Hawkinson bum off your hands. What are you willing to add to Dalton Schultz to get, to get Hawkinson back? Uh, I'd add a first round pick. I'd add a, I'd, I'd add a one Oh four, one Oh five. Okay. Yeah. So say you were like a middle of the road team and, or even like a competing team, you would go and be like, here's my first and Dalton Schultz for, for TJ Hawkinson. I'm going to start at my 24 first and then go to my, <laughs> go to my 22 first and then back to my 23 first to see where I can yeah. get it done. That's kind of how I would value my first round picks. I would, I would just, just out of curiosity, not to insult them or anything, but I would just throw the offer, just Dalton Schultz in a second out, just see what they say. You know, you just never know because, like I said, out of sight, out of mind. He got injured before, the, you know, it was a frustrating season, I think, for a lot of people's hopes and expectations. You just never know. You know so there's a lot of box score scouting that goes on in Dynasty, even, and you'd be surprised. So I would just go out there, eh, what do you think, Dalton Schultz in a second? And then obviously, when they probably reject it, work your way up because then I think that always feels good to the other player, like the other person feels like. Like they've got more out of you when you were always willing to pay a first for it anyways. So that wraps up our deep dive on the Detroit Lions. But before we go. Word of the week. I'm not sure if you're familiar with this section, Dennis, but this is the part of the show where I drop a knowledge bomb on you and give you a word of Northern Irish slang. So. What I'm going to do, I'm going to tell you the word, but I'm not going to explain to you what it means. You're going to try and use it in a sentence just based on what you think it sounds like, and then I'll tell you what it means. So are you ready for this? So the word this week is chunder. What do you think chunder would mean? Chunder. You know, the immediately, immediately what comes to mind is the word chum, uh, like just, you know, a bunch of like garbage and kind of just, you know, just lots of, I don't, I don't want to say, you know, garbage is probably a strong word, but you know, that's kind of what comes to mind. So if you had to try and use it in a sentence, like how do you imagine in your head you would use the word chunder in context? Oh, I could imagine my mother walking into the 
to my bedroom and <clears throat> telling me to to get out of bed and fix this chunder, clean up this mess. <laughs> That's amazing. I love that. That's one of my favorites that I've heard so far because chunder, <laughs> sorry, chunder for us is a, it's a slang term for vomit. So if you were you, you chundered, it's Missed like it by you, that much. You yeah, you went and threw up. So if your mom came in and was like, "Get up, clean up this chunder," you must have had a really good Super Bowl party last <laughs> night. Um, but yeah, thanks again, Dennis, for taking time to to come on the podcast, guys. If you don't, if you're on Twitter. Um, which you should be. I think it's actually a really good, useful tool, especially if you play Dynasty. There's so much interesting information and scouting stuff and things like that. If you're on Twitter and you don't already, go follow Dennis at culture underscore coach. He is such a great guy. He's been so helpful to me. Um, you know, when I first joined Dynasty Nerds, Garrett Price introduced me to um, to Dennis, and he's just been such an invaluable asset and friend and ally in the space. He's just such a great guy. I can't say enough about him. And he is, like I said, the managing editor at Dynasty Nerds. He has his own podcast, the FF Roundtable. And is there anything else that you'd like to shout out or or uh, plug there, Dennis, before we go? Well, if you want some fantasy football roundtable merchandise, you can get it at Viridian Global, just at uh, Collections, and uh, go get yourself. I, I we, The hoodies are pretty sweet. I got my kids' hoodies for Christmas, uh, my own stuff. Uh, and then, uh, you know, find find my podcast. Uh, uh, the YouTube feed is on the Campus to Canton. Uh, YouTube feed is uh, uh, one of my co-hosts is an uh, owner there. And uh, the uh, the podcast on the uh, on the uh, Pigskin Podcast Network. Give them a follow, Pigskin Pod Net on Twitter, or check out the. Uh, there's roughly 50 football and fantasy football podcasts on the Pigskin Podcast Network. So give us a listen. Brilliant. And guys, hopefully you found that helpful and useful. If you have any questions about any of the players that we brought up or any sells or buys, obviously you can hit up Dennis, myself on Twitter or drop us an email. Hope you have a good week. We will speak to you again soon. And if you did chunder somewhere, you should go and clean that up. I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver, and it's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven. Now forget what he said, and listen to me. What you really wanna do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank. Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank. One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a Dynasty debate. <laughs>